Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue with our year-long journey, reading the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with diary entry number 20. Shortly after this, I felt ill, general exhaustion. The dear Mother Superior sent me with two other sisters for a rest to Skolimov, not far from Warsaw. It was at that time that I asked the Lord, for whom else should I pray for? Jesus said that on the following night he would let me know for whom I should pray. The next night I saw my guardian angel who ordered me to follow him. In a moment I was in a misty place, full of fire, in which there was a great crowd of suffering souls. They were praying fervently, but to no avail, for themselves. Only we can come to their aid. The flames which were burning them did not touch me at all. My guardian angel did not leave me for an instant. I asked these souls what their greatest suffering was. They answered me in one voice that their greatest torment was longing for God. I saw Our Lady visiting the souls in purgatory. The souls call her the Star of the Sea. She brings them refreshment. I wanted to talk with them some more, but my guardian angel beckoned me to leave. We went out of that prison of suffering. I heard an interior voice which said, My mercy does not want this, but justice demands it. Since that time, I am, I am in closer communion with the suffering souls. End of postulancy, April 29th, 1926. My superiors, probably Mother Leonard and Mother Jane, sent me to the novitiate in Krakow. An inconceivable joy reigned in my soul. When we arrived at the novitiate, Sister Henry was dying. A few days later, she came to me in spirit after her death and bid me to go to the mother directress of novices, Sister Margaret, and tell her to ask her confessor, Father Respond, to offer one Mass for her and three ejaculatory prayers. At first I agreed, but the next day I decided I would not go to Mother Directress, because I was not sure whether this had happened in a dream or in reality, and so I did not go. The following night the same thing was repeated more clearly. I had no more doubt. Still, in the morning, I decided not to tell the directress about it unless I saw her, Sister Henry, during the day. At once, I ran into her in the corridor. She reproached me for not having gone immediately, and a great uneasiness filled my soul. So I went immediately to Mother Directress and told her everything that had happened to me. Mother responded that she would take care of the matter. At once, peace reigned in my soul. And on the third day, this sister came to me and said, May God repay you. The day I took the religious habit, God let me understand how much I, must, I was to suffer. I clearly saw to what I was committing myself. I experienced a moment of that suffering. But then God filled my soul again with great consolations. Toward the end of the first year of my novitiate, Darkness began to cast its shadow over my soul. I felt no consolation in prayer. I had to make a great effort to meditate. 
fear began to sweep over me. Going deeper into myself, I could find nothing but great misery. I could also clearly see the great holiness of God. I did not dare to raise my eyes to him, but reduced myself to dust under his feet and begged for mercy. My soul was in this state for almost six months. Our Blessed Mother Directress, Mary Joseph, encouraged me in these difficult moments, but this suffering continued to grow stronger. The second year of the novitiate was approaching. Whenever I recalled that I was to make my vows, my soul shuddered. I did not understand what I was reading. I could not meditate. It seemed to me that my prayer was displeasing to God. It seemed to me that by approaching the holy sacraments, I was offending God even more. But despite this, my confessor, Father Theodore, did not let me omit one single holy communion. God was working very strangely in my soul. I did not understand anything at all of what was my confessor was telling me. The simple truths of the faith became incomprehensible to me. My soul was in anguish, unable to find comfort anywhere. At a certain point there came to me the very powerful impression that I am rejected by God. This terrible thought pierced my soul right through. In the midst of the suffering, my soul began to experience the agony of death. I wanted to die, but could not. The thought came to me, of what use is it to strive for virtues? Why mortify myself when all this is disagreeable to God? When I made this known to the directress of novices, I received this reply. No, dear sister, that God has chosen you for great sanctity. This is a sign that God wants to have you very close to himself in heaven. Have great trust in the Lord Jesus. That dreadful thought of being rejected by God is the actual torture suffered by the damned. I fled to Jesus' wounds and repeated the words of trust, but these words became for me an even greater torture. I went before the Blessed Sacrament, and I began to speak to Jesus. Jesus, you said that a mother would sooner forget her infant than God, his creature, and that even if she would forget her infant, I, God, will never forget my creature. O Jesus, do you hear how my soul is moaning? Deign to hear the painful whimpers of your child. I trust in you, O God, because heaven and earth will pass, but your word will last forever. Still, I found not a moment of relief. We see here that St. Faustina had to endure physical sufferings, including exhaustion. She had a mystical experience of visiting the souls in purgatory. Their principal suffering is longing for God. They could have been with God immediately after death, but because of some choices they had made on earth, they need to detach from these things to have space in their heart for God alone. We can begin now to prepare for heaven by putting God at the center of our lives and loving him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. St. Faustina hesitated to help the soul of the sister who had died because she feared the judgment of her superiors. I can imagine it would not be easy to talk about personal mystical experiences. Maybe she thought that her superiors would think she was crazy. 
we should always remember to pray and offer sacrifices for our deceased loved ones. All of the faithful departed who are suffering in purgatory need our help. The founder of the Marian, St. Stanislaus Papczynski, implored us to not forget the souls in purgatory. As we help them, we hope someday, when we are in the same position, someone will assist us. St. Faustina also experienced spiritual darkness in which God seems to have abandoned her and even rejected her. But God would never do that. God uses such experiences to strengthen our faith. He is always near, even when we can't feel his presence. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help other people throughout the world find St. Faustina's Diary in a Year. Remember, Jesus promised St. Faustina in Diary number 1075, Souls who spread the honor of divine mercy are protected by God like an infant by a gentle mother. Please help us spread the message of divine mercy. Thank you, and God bless you. Visit shopmercy.org to order your copy of Divine Mercy in My Soul, the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska. It's available in print in English, Spanish, and Polish, and in English as an e-book, available now on shopmercy.org. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org.